three, two, one. Welcome to the Dave and the Dog Trainer Podcast, episode 105. Here we are. Here we are. Welcome to another episode of the life and times of a dog trainer. <laughs> where we break down the life and times of a dog trainer. Yeah. Um, always an interesting time. It's always an interesting time. And there's all sorts of new stuff always happening. And we'll <coughs> do our best to talk about those new things that are happening. Perfect. What's new, Josh? <coughs> busy, busy bee, which is great for me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much shot uh, every day this week uh, with Sa- Salmon Daves, not Sam and Daves. It's Salmon Daves. Salmon. Yeah. Um, Remember American Idol? What was that girl's name? Callie Pickler, yeah. I think. Was she the one that she always said Salmon? Yeah, it's Salmon. I like Salmon. Yeah, she goes to Salmon Daves. Uh, went over to Etta and then uh, also did... I really like that place. I yeah. went there only one time. Only once? Only once. The coffee was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And their little sandwiches they had, 10 out of 10. I got this like uh, like egg white BLT or some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's delicious. Yeah, they uh, just added some new stuff too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they got some... Got a nice quiche. I don't know if you're a quiche a guy. Quiche? Yep. I like a good quiche. Yeah. The quiche is pretty good. Uh, added a couple new sandwiches. More like lunch kind of stuff, too, you mm-hmm. know? So that's like a turkey sandwich, and then there's uh, like a ham something. Yeah. Uh, and then they have a poached pear uh, toast. Mm-hmm. That was really good. And you drizzle honey on it. So it's more for a sweet treat. Uh, but then I went to Bar 32 as well, and... Uh, had a great time. You're, I think you'll love their new menu. You'll ha- you guys will have to check it out this we'll summer. We'll have to go check it out. Yeah. Maybe on like a Tuesday. Yeah. When there's nobody else there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I guess you could take that little private area they got in the back, you know? Just, yeah. You know, I, I want to go over there. I want to be away from everybody. Yeah. I don't want to like, see anybody. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I said I'm a dog training podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> dog training. <laughs> dog training influencer. I'm a dog training podcast influencer. <laughs> You better you better turn, put that on your uh, Instagram. That, I am going to change it. That is my official title now. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, busy for me, yeah. and I uh, heard, heard it's kind of busy for you. Yeah, I mean, it always is, obviously. Yeah. So, I was say, um, is there ever a dull moment for you? Yeah, you know, actually, so so this is the interesting thing I feel like about like my schedule and everything mm-hmm. is it's 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 busy all the time, mm-hmm. but it's like moderate. Like, and what I mean by yeah. that is like I'm not like. 15 hours a day every fucking day Mm -hmm. i usually you know everybody always like do you take a break this that blah blah blah. because like i am i go to the facility usually every day right i've been trying Mm -hmm. to force myself to take like one day off a week but the thing is like i'm not working crazy long hours like i used to Mm -hmm. you know like i used to i used to go in and literally work like fucking 10 to 12 hours yeah pretty much seven days a week and like i would get like pretty burnt out on that um i i usually i like going in like, if I can go in, like, seven days a week for, like, six to eight hours a day, like, mm-hmm. that's good for me. Like, I feel like I could really maximize my time mm-hmm. and not feel super, like, crunched or, like, burnt out. And if I need to flex it a little bit more and do a little more one day, a little less another day, it's 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 no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, I do get, you know, there, there's just, a, like, a lot of variety to the day, which is, is why, like, some weeks will be, like, more, like, emotionally taxing than others. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, depending on the type of stuff I'm working with, you know, if I'm doing a lot of, like, client work and yeah. doing a lot of client work with, like, difficult cases, because, like, 
all of our trainers are very self-sufficient. Like, it's not like they need me really for mm-hmm. anything. But sometimes, like, we'll get a client that's, like, a little more challenging for whatever reason, whether they got a really difficult dog, whether they're in a particular position, yeah. or could be anything. And I'll kind of step in and just try to really give them our all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. make sure we could really, truly commit to like whatever that goal is obviously Mm -hmm. and sometimes those sessions can definitely be more challenging right we've talked about a lot of them over the last couple weeks as we've as we've really broken down like different situations we're working with and stuff like that yeah yeah good news to report (coughs) excuse me no (laughs) (coughs) i feel getting choked up (laughs) i feel like i like coughed up pepper or something (laughs) oh god (laughs) it's weird (laughs) no um uh good news to report so our last session or last podcast Mm-hmm. We talked about two particular cases, right? One of which was a case involving the dog that just would, like, not stop having accidents, like, in the crate, right? Yeah. And uh, that episode resonated very well with people. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. people out there, I guess, that are struggling with that kind of stuff. And I think that when it comes to potty training-related things, some people have a really hard time, like, systematizing it like that or whatever you want to call it where they really like concretely break down this like exact schedule right because most of this stuff like you know dog training is an art to some extent there's Mm. a lot of like you know do a little this add a little flavor of this there and stuff like that but most things if you want to stay really successful in dog training can be broken down to setting yourself some really clear rules and parameters Mm -hmm. no different than if you were to play a game right and just making sure you follow those rules and parameters. Yeah. And, and that eliminates so much of the guesswork behind dog training and makes it so much easier for people. So I think people really liked the like breakdown, particularly in this one. I feel like every time I tell this to people, it goes over their head, right? Mm. Or, or, or it went over their head before and then they hear it and it's like, whoa, like that. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Is the idea of like if your dog is constantly peeing in the house or in the crate, it's likely especially right after you already took them outside, it's likely because they still need to pee another time or two, right? Because mm-hmm. they just drank too much water, right? Yeah. So I think that one, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, wow, that makes total sense. We're going to start doing the 20-minute the, the timer, right? Anytime mm-hmm. the dog guzzles the water and do it like two times, you yeah. know? So that was cool. The one dog, the dog that I was particularly talking about as we were talking about that, though, um, that I was saying, like, had, you know, six days of success per last time that mm-hmm. we talked to them. We are now at, I think, 13 or 14 days of success. Ooh, let's go. Still accident-free. And we're talking a dog that was literally shitting in its crate like five times a week. Oh, right? Like like literally yeah. the most frustrating thing ever. I think we're kind of getting somewhere with it. Yeah. So that's cool. And this is what I tell everybody. Man, we got to – and some people are going to listen to this and be like, 14 days, that's not very long. <laughs> you know? And it's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, right? yeah. Like <laughs> one day at a time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you go from literally every day when you come home, you think there's going to be an accident to two weeks <laughs> where you haven't had one, yeah. that is a massive, yeah. massive win. It's life-changing. Like, a, like literally a life-changing <laughs> win. Like, I know, like, I've walked into my house before, and, like, you know when you walk into the house and you just yeah. you get that whiff? Yeah, that's what you said, yeah. Right? It's, like, oh. it's, it's I know the feeling, right? I know, mm-hmm. how, like, how you could immediately go from being in the best mood ever <laughs> to just every ounce of your body is just full of rage <laughs> yeah. and anger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. 
So I get that. So this is this is massive. Like we're making oh, some yeah. really good headway with it. And listen, there's going to be some setbacks along the process. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But the thing is, like every time you go a day, two days, three days, four days, you're just building that muscle in the dog's head of like understanding. Oh, I don't have to do this. Yeah. You know, like I could just wait a little longer. Mm-hmm. And we're building that routine of the dog finally starting to understand. Oh, going outside is like an option. Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so that's uh that's one big win the other case we were talking about was with the dog that's eating everything right the, the blockages eating. this that we had a session with that client um a couple of days ago mm. and it was a really good session right and what nice. i mean by that we didn't even do any training right because like at this point like like we talked about on the podcast this isn't it's not a training issue. You no. know what I mean? And if, for anybody that's looking for more context on both these situations, just go to episode 104, and we talked like extensively about both of these cases. Mm-hmm. But um, it's funny. Somebody commented on something this morning, and I think it was it was the podcast clip of me talking about that. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, like working with clients like baffles me sometimes or something like that. Or mm-hmm. I never, you know, I'm never not, amazed by people not getting things or something like that. It was yeah. kind of, I think I, I, the way I interpreted it is it was kind of sort of like, oh, people just don't listen, right? Or yeah. something like that, which I get, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are definitely times where I'm, I'm like, damn, like just listen to the things I tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that definitely happens from time to time. Mm-hmm. But um, in this particular case, or, or what I replied back was like, you know, in most cases, I feel like I really try to empathize with the client on how hard the emotional side of getting past some of these issues are, you know, and I really try to look at, is there something I'm not explaining clearly enough, right? Mm. So the last session we had, like I said, we didn't even do any training. They came in, it was 45 minutes. We didn't even do a full hour. And the whole 45 minutes was us just talking about that problem and, and, you know, almost me just like putting on my listening ears, right? Mm. And just just hearing and just asking questions and just getting to the bottom of what's stopping us from getting past this problem, Yeah, right? And we were able to isolate a couple of really clear things. We were able to set up some protocols to make sure, one, it's not possible that the dog is going to be able to rehearse these behaviors. Mm-hmm. And two, we got some really clear ways to not just wait for it to organically happen, but to mm-hmm. get past the problem, right? Yeah. Uh, and I felt like we left that session really in a pretty good place with nice. stuff, you yeah. know? So that was really good. Yeah. So, um, Sometimes people just need that little, that little, got extra little, you know, talk, the little guidance, you know? You just like... Because <coughs> you think you're doing well, but, you know, and then someone <coughs> points it out to you like, hey, maybe yeah. we could do a little bit more. And listen, like we got other situations too. Like I was telling you before we started the podcast, like I did a virtual call this morning with a client that mm. lives out in like the Chicago area. It was a tough call, man. She got a really challenging dog and she's really not... Because she's not trying, right? But, like, she's really struggling with just grasping some of the things that she needs to do yeah. to get past stuff, right? And I was, like, mm-hmm. explaining to you, like, it's... it's. I, I understand the frustration from both sides of it, right? I understand her frustrations with things and, and then my frustrations with things because, like, it, 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 some of it is just, like, a, ah, just... You're so close. Just yeah. these couple rules, like we talked about, right? These couple rules yep. to the game, like, making sure we're kind of following those protocols and stuff like that. But but one thing that, like, I've really tried to do, right, to mm-hmm. a fault sometimes is just, like, 
like if there's a word to trainers, just like just don't give up on people so mm. quick, right? Because so many trainers I know, like the the second they start feeling that itch of like you're just not gonna listen to me, you know what I mean? Like they're immediately just like write the person off. They're like you're fucking lazy, or you're not gonna listen, or why am I gonna waste my time, or this is a you problem, or any of those types of things, mm-hmm. and and they just like they just like shut down from it, you know, and and then stop helping essentially. Mm-hmm. And listen, there's always a time where you need to like step back and be like, this isn't working. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like obviously like something's not clicking. We've, we've put in our all, you know what I mean? And you can't, you can't force somebody to care, obviously. Um, and not talking about this situation, obviously, but if you could just empathize a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. and if you could just spend a little bit more time just hearing them out and hearing out the frustrations and just still doing your best to try to figure out that way to get that breakthrough with that person. Mm-hmm. I think that um, it, it will, you'll figure it out eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they will figure it out eventually and you'll be able to get some progress with it. So, yeah. <laughs> just sometimes it takes just a little more, you know? Just a little. Yeah. And I think it's easy to, you know, look at it as, you know, something you've, you've been doing for years and years, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to remember it's probably this person's first time ever. Like, yeah. you know, correcting their dog at all at mm-hmm. some in some cases. So, yeah, or just just new routine, right? Like, yeah, new like look how how like everything you do. Like, I look at like when I wait from when I wake up in the morning to when I go to bed. So many of the things that I do are just so ingrained into me, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that I don't even think about it, and I couldn't imagine if I needed to make some sort of massive change to some of the things that I was doing. Yeah, you know, and how challenging that would be to like break some of those subconscious habits that I have, you know, yeah. and just slow yourself down. And just like before you do something, it's like let's think about it. Right. Let's think about how we're going to do this thing. Yeah. Right. It's like uh, when we coach trainers through working with like, you know, if you're going to do behavioral modification, like dangerous dogs, things like that. Right. One of the biggest traits people always want to know, like, what do I do to 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 work with them? Like, how do I train the dog? How do I do this? How do I do that? The first skill you need to work or you need to learn when you're working with more challenging dogs is how to slow down and analyze every single little detail about what you're going to do with that dog mm-hmm. right because that's how people get themselves in a position where it's like somebody gets bit or a dog fight happens or, or, or things like that is by you not thinking a couple steps ahead as far as like as i go to move this way and do this thing right like mm-hmm. what's the dog's reaction going to be to it and if their reaction is x to it then i have to do y right and if it's yeah. y i gotta do x and mm-hmm. you know we're kind of going off in a, in a tangent right now but like even in your day-to-day life, right? If you have a dog that's struggling with, you know, reactivity towards people coming in your house or um, uh, uh, socializing with other dogs or going for walks or whatever the problem may be, Mm -hmm. you just have to really think ahead of before you go into that situation, asking yourself, what do I need to do to keep this dog successful? Think a couple steps ahead, right? And just think, okay, this situation is about to happen right now. So what is the thing that I need to do before that happens mm. to reduce all of the risk that this is going to go poorly? Yeah. You know? So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's a lot of it. So, um, so, so things are going good. Like I said, um, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, that kind of stuff, just troubleshooting different issues and working with clients and stuff like that. Um, 
In other uh, World of Dog Training news, uh, the internet's kind of been exploding because our boy Gary Wilkes, who <coughs> we love, Gary, <laughs> we've we've had done episodes on him before. Gary, one of the pioneers of clicker training, creator of the Bonker, has a blog, kind of got that don't give a fuck yeah, mentality. Definitely got the sassy attitude for sure. Gary fucking stirred up some feathers mm. by outing his former colleague, oh. Karen Pryor. Karen Pryor. We've oh, talked about no. Karen Pryor here and there, right? So Karen Pryor is the godmother of force-free training, right? She is like the fairy godmother <laughs> with her little wand. <laughs> Like, treats for everything. Don't use aversives. Don't do this. Don't do that. So Gary, and listen, this is not, everybody's acting like this is news. Gary's talked about this so many times before, but I feel like it just kind of caught traction, right? Mm -hmm. Gary posts, we talked about this, right? If you go follow him on Facebook, he posts snarky, sassy stuff every single day. It's very entertaining, but through that snarky, sassy stuff, there's a lot of good knowledge in it. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So, so whatever. So he, he basically told a story and we'll read the story in a moment here. Okay. About Karen Pryor. So he used to do seminars with Karen Pryor, right? They both kind of pioneered clicker training together, right? Okay. They did seminars together. And Gary's always been the guy that he's he's balanced. He does the clicker training side of things. Then he talks about aversive control and using punishment and stuff like that. And Karen has always kind of just been like, oh, just force free stuff. Yeah. Right? But nonetheless, they did those seminars together. And Gary did his talks on aversive control. And she did her talks on clicker training and and whatever. Um, Hmm. And again, he's talked about this so many times before, right? Yeah. But this was the day that it blew up. So, so we're gonna pull up this. Uh, we're gonna pull up this clip here. Finally boiled over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So two days ago, Gary made this status. Okay. It's long, so I'm gonna read it. He said, "My former associate Karen Pryor was forever opposed to punishment and telling the truth. That was one of several reasons that I terminated the association." She would tell people things I knew to be entirely false in order to sell clicker training. I had already spent five years and a thousand dogs improving the process into a highly functional system of training. During that time, Karen trained no dogs to any standard other than her imagination. I required at least one hour of presentation time to speak on the need for punishment and its practical application in each of our seminars. She would leave the room and come back and pander to the punishment isn't necessary fantasy. Here's a great example. Karen had a border terrier named Skookums. He was a good example of the breed, headstrong, scrappy, and territorial. The UPS guy wouldn't deliver to their house in the woods if Skookums was loose. Karen started her fantasy by saying that she could call her dog out of a dog fight. That's how she got started. It was completely untrue. Skookums would rove around the neighborhood, picking fights. It was a heavily wooded area and ignoring any calls for him to come home. She stayed on call him out of a dogfight for about two seminars. Then she jumped it up to she could call him out of a coyote fight. (laughs) And now for what really happened. One night, there was a great conflagration of canines in the woods. No barks, no snarls and screams. Skookums never came home. John Lindbergh, Karen's husband at the time, believed Skookums was killed by coyotes. I would guess the same. So Karen got a pup from a friend and client of mine. Her name was Twitchit. That became a very appropriate name because Karen installed invisible fence to keep the dog close to the house. 
<laughs> she had a promo picture that she used for about two years with Twitchit in her arms with the clear picture view of the black box of the shock device on her collar. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, there was a certain justification to Karen's tall tales. She, like B.F. Skinner, studied English literature in college. That is the art of writing fiction. <laughs> Boy, was she good at it. Her invention of credentials as a behavioral biologist were based on having fibbed to a professor at Columbia to audit his graduate-level classes. My goal from the beginning was to get clicker training off the ground, even with all the, he the hedonist ideologues who rushed to what they mistakenly thought was all positive training. I succeeded. Then I quit working with her. Spent four years listening to her telling whoppers at seminars. That was enough. I don't like liars. They create unreasonable expectations in order to puff up their status as saints. That never interested me. That was a hit piece. So, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, Gary, you writing for the New York Times? Yeah, now? What's man. Going on here? <laughs> Woo! So listen, right? This is an interesting... This has sparked a ton of interesting conversation that I've had the joy of observing over the last 48 hours. <laughs> okay. Right? <clears throat> so first off, right, like I heard, I knew this story, right? Gary told this story at a seminar I went to like fucking six years ago. Okay. Right? And, and like I said, he's posted numerous times about Karen Pryor and her bogus and him doing seminars with her mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Right? He's posted all sorts of stuff kind of discrediting her. Right? Yeah. I think the reason why this one was such a big deal to people is because <clears throat> in the past, most of Gary's um, information he put out there was regarding her kind of working with people that used punishment or her methods not working in seminars or this or that. Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time he in like a public forum like that really wrote out showing she actually used it, mm. right? So an electric fence for you guys that don't, no, though I think it's pretty self-explanatory, is using punishment to keep a dog within a perimeter, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of just having a standard fence that you have around that isn't punishing the dog, it's just containing them, an electric fence provides an actual high-level shock for breaking <laughs> the perimeter, Yeah, right? It is clearly, clearly a very clear punishment tool, Yeah, right? And listen, I don't have a problem with electric fences. Right? You want to use one, you use one. I mean, I, I have my things that I don't like about them, but aren't, they don't have anything to do with the electric fence. They have to do with what people use the electric fence for, which is leaving their dogs outside unattended, which I think is a bad idea. But the electric fence is a tool that obviously works. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> the problem is that Karen Pryor, for those of you that don't know, like I said, she's the fairy godmother of force-free training. And if you go on, I would argue to bet any force-free trainer that you see online that preaches the almighty word of everything you do is terrible and you're the devil and I'm the greatest dog trainer on the face of the planet, I would bet you any one of them has their credentials or one of their credentials as Karen Pryor's school, mm. right? Yeah. So the problem is she's selling this snake oil, right? She knows that she had no solution for keeping her dog from escaping <laughs> and, in this case, getting killed by probably coyotes. coyotes I mean, they, yeah. were never, they never found the dog. Obviously, the dog just ran away, so we mm. don't know. Yeah. But regardless, her dog fucking ran away 
and she lost it. And it's yeah. either dead or was just roaming the streets and <laughs> died from roaming the streets. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and she didn't have a force free solution for that. So mm. she resorted to using punishment while openly telling people how terrible of a thing punishment is and how there's no need for it ever. Yeah. Right? Then you have the other side of the equation, which is if in these seminars she was telling people that her force-free approach can recall her dog out of fights and recall it out of coyote fights and stuff like that, (laughs) and on top of that, her dog likely getting killed by coyotes, Mm -hmm. right? That's even more tacked onto it. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I... Is this going to turn into anything long term? No, this is just this is drama, right? This is the yeah. this is the the dog training world drama right yeah, now. Yeah, drama, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm sure everybody is still going to keep going to Karen Pryor School because it's probably makes a fucking shit ton of money, and everybody still looks at it like it's the dog training school of all dog trainers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because like you could read the comments. There's like hundreds of comments on that post at this point, and like there's a bunch of people on there like that are defending her, but their defense is just you're a piece of shit for outing private information and stuff like that. Like <laughs> kind of discrediting everything that not even discrediting discount, you know, discounting everything that he said and just pretending yeah. like he didn't say it and just yeah. saying, well, you shouldn't have said that in the first place. Yeah, you're just a mean person. Yeah. You're just a mean person. Right. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so whatever, it's not going to yeah. change anything, but like this goes to show Michelle, our trainer made a really great, um, uh, post just cell phone video on her way home from work the other day after she read it. And basically, she was just saying, like, it's just, this just further goes to show, right, that the loud minority is bullshit, right? If somebody so desperately needs to go out of their way to shut you the fuck down and make all of these claims and accusations about you for the sake of our method is better, it's just fucking bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it's it's the age-old fucking saying of you don't build the biggest tower by crushing all the other ones around you. You build it by just building the biggest fucking tower. And I've said mm-hmm. this over and over and over and over again until I'm blue in the face. If force-free training worked the way that everybody says that it works, they would have a complete monopoly on the dog world. It mm-hmm. would not even be in the fucking question to go use a balanced trainer because why on the face of planet would somebody want to choose giving corrections to a dog and using shock collars and using choke chains and stuff like that if they could just give the dog fucking cookies all day? Why? Yeah. Nobody would ever, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to have to correct dogs all the time, right? Yeah. I love training with food, but I know that it's not going to stop anything. Yeah, I know it's not going to work to do the things that everybody says that it's going to do. And literally to this day, you could go on YouTube and you could type in force-free behavioral modification before and after videos and you will not find anything. Mm-hmm. And if you do find something, it will be something completely unrelated to the problem. It'll be like a dog being super reactive on a leash out on a walk somewhere. And then a fucking video of the dog like in a training center doing sit stays for the owner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It'll be something that they're saying like, oh, look at this after video that has absolutely nothing to do with the problem behavior at hand. Yeah. Right. That's like like Thor is in for for serious handling issues and not letting me collar him and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's like me showing the before video of me trying to collar him and him freaking the fuck out and trying to bite me. And then me giving him a treat 
and saying like, oh, look, like he's he's fixed, right? Like those aren't those yeah. aren't correlated. No, they're not correlated at all. <laughs> not at all. So so it's it's just, it's just fucking bullshit. And she Michelle made another really great point. Also, I'm kind of piggybacking off of some of the stuff that she said of like to the before and after kind of thing, like of like, let's fucking see some of this stuff work, right? Like anybody, I think Michelle said like social media, like is just a, a it's just a highlights reel. That's all it is, right? Mm-hmm. So so even us as balance trainers are guilty of like all the stuff we post is going to be showing us in our best light, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of the same deal when you get into the force free side of things of like everything that they're posting is going to be cherry picked to show the best, right? But you don't see, like, I remember one time there was a a very popular local force free trainer, right? That ran this really popular Facebook group that I kind of, when I was first getting into dog training was kind of like, you know, like Mm -hmm. going to some of their pack walks and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was hardcore on the like, like aversives are the enemy and if you use them you're a piece of shit mm-hmm. and whatever blah blah right of course and you know like from the outside looking in when we went on these pack walks like her dog was fairly well behaved i would say you know mm-hmm. she needed to manage it a lot with treats and stuff like that but the dog listened okay it wasn't mm-hmm. bad by any means yeah. i remember one time i bought a fucking dog raincoat off of her before right okay and i'd go to her house to pick it up right and I remember getting to the house and knocking on the front door and her dog went so absolutely batshit fucking crazy and she couldn't get him to settle down. She literally needed to drag him into another room and lock him in another room while he was freaking out while she opened the door, gave the code to me, I gave her the money, and then I left, right? Yeah. Because she couldn't control the dog. She couldn't. Right? Where is your fucking force free training? Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, where is it? Where is it helping you in this situation? Or yeah. do you just need to isolate your dog completely from strangers all the time because you can't fucking control them? Yeah. Right? And and I'm not even trying to dig at that person specifically, which is why I'm not giving any names or anything like that. But like, this is what we mean about the highlight reel situation, right? We want to see, like, obviously, social media is not a good representation of anybody, right? There are so many trainers out there that I think are bullshit trainers that have really good social media followings and stuff like that because they post really nice stuff. I want to see your dogs in the real world, right? Mm -hmm. I want to see how your dog behaves in the fucking house. I want to see how your dog behaves when you go out and about in public. I want to see how your dog behaves when they're off leash around a ton of distractions. And all of us can show you that with our dogs. Mm -hmm. We can show you, like, I could do an Instagram live that's a half an hour long of me off leash hiking in the woods with my dogs and how I communicate with them and get them to listen to me and don't run into any sort of major problems or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I don't think the other side of the, uh, of the arena can do that. Yeah. And that just goes to show again, getting back to this Karen Pryor situation that it's like, <clears throat> clearly she couldn't either in the real world outside of the seminars because she needed to resort to different techniques yeah. to keep her dog safe. It's true. And that's why we use them, to keep dogs safe. Case in point. It's like it's like the off-leash dog situation. Everybody says, I hear this all the time. This fucking drives me crazy. <sighs> Gotta hydrate. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta hydrate. <clears throat> I hear this all the time. Drives me crazy. Where okay. some some clients will come in, and they'll be like, "Oh, well, my neighbor's dog is 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 off leash trained, and 
you know, like, I just, why, why can't my dog be like that? And I was like, well, define off-leash training. And they're like, well, he's just off-leash all the time. I was like, have you ever seen the dog, like, listen to the person? Or is the dog just off-leash all the time? <laughs> because there's a big difference. I know for a fucking fact mm-hmm. that every dog that I see that is off-leash all the time, typically the owner has zero fucking control over that dog right so it's like and even if even if the dog does come for a cookie sometimes or something like that off leash training to me is like people look at it as staple like well if you didn't have the e-collar on is it really or if you have the e-collar on is it really off leash training this and that off leash training isn't about fucking showing off right off leash training is about giving the dog freedom to run and play and be a dog Mm -hmm. while having the safety of being able to 100 percent guarantee that your dog is not going to take off after something which is why i i would never i could never imagine just going somewhere and letting my dogs off leash without their e-collars on and like feeling comfortable or confident in doing that because i know how easy it is for a squirrel to come out of nowhere or a deer to come out of nowhere and Mm -hmm. them see that thing and just get fucking you know razzled up in that moment and want to go after it yeah you know and it's like like i know that i could stop that if that were to happen because they have their e-collars on Mm -hmm. right so I don't know. So that's <laughs> that's what's been going on with that. And it's 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 yeah. frustrating. And and here's the other frustrating thing about it, right? <clears throat> There's a couple of like really really big th- this I I actually it cracked me up at first and then I actually got a little annoyed by it. There's a couple of really really big name like TikTok trainers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like 2 million followers this that that these guys have been so unbelievably outspoken about like, they're the ones that are also, like, there's this movement in balance training of, like, trying to squash your opposition and balance training also, right? You're trying to be, like, the nicest balance trainer in the world and, and this mm-hmm. and that. And the bonker has gotten so much scrutiny, mostly because Jeff Gelman, like, reintroduced it. And oh, nice. he had some videos go bananas viral, like, millions and millions of views of, like, mm-hmm. people calling him a dog abuser and, 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 and all this stuff, right? And Gary created the bonker, right? I went to a seminar of his where he's bonking dogs left and right. right? He's fucking bonking <laughs> everybody. He's bonking people. He's yeah. bonking dogs. He's bonking fucking everybody, mm-hmm. right? Bonker, for those of you that don't know, is a cotton towel that you throw as a projectile at the dog. And there's, again, a lot of nuance to, like, why is it so effective and this and that. We've talked about before, and we've faced scrutiny for, there's been a couple dogs we used it with, that it was the magic tool. It literally solved all of the owner's fucking problems. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we've we've caught so much so much flack from it also. But these same people that are trying to shut down people that like use bonkers and talk about I would never do that. Blah 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 blah. You're so terrible. And look at this video of this dog abuser and and mm-hmm. and, and like using their massive followings to like target it as like a weapon and like weaponize it at somebody. Yeah. These same people now, one in particular I could think of fucking Jonas Black, I'll name drop. Uh, Punk-ass dog trainer, I think is his fucking name on Instagram. Punk-ass dog trainer? Dude, he's a real fucking piece of work. Whatever. So Jonas Black made this post the other day, and he's like, he's like, wow, this Karen Pryor stuff is so wild. Like, it just goes to show, you know, just how... Just how 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 you know everything they say is bullshit, and and it's posted by Gary, and he he like screenshots the post, and like posted in his fucking TikTok and stuff, and 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 he's like, you know, you know, I might not agree with everything Gary does, but like he's a veteran of dog training, and we could all learn something from him, and like like, and it's like now that like 
they're like fighting the same cause. They're like best buddies, and like he's acting like he didn't try to like he's he's one of the fucking guys that like weaponizes his fucking following towards people that like he disagrees with. You yeah, know for sure. And it's like you're trying to tell me right now that you've never tried to literally ruin somebody's life over the fact that they used a bonker before, because like I'm sure you have. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're all like, oh, Gary, he's, you know, he's just like, he's such a smart guy. And like, and like, I just like, I really appreciate that. Like, he's he made this post to share with all of you guys. And, 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 you know, I might not disagree or I might not agree with everything, but like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, just get the fuck out of here. Like, I just, it just frustrates yeah. me. You know, like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even have, I don't even know if I have words for it. Yeah. It's just the, the the chachiness of like, of like, oh, I I just like I I feel like I'm so inclined to like make this judgment about like how much I disagree with something that you've done. And yeah. like, guys, Gary's like in his seventies. Mm-hmm. Like he's been training dogs since before you were born, Jonas. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. <laughs> literally since before you're born and you think you got some sort of leverage to be like I disagree with the things that he's doing <laughs> yeah fuck you like are you kidding me like yeah it's a, I don't I don't even know where to start yeah it's just wild man like listen like if you don't like something somebody's doing and listen I, I've talked about this before there's plenty of people that I don't like things that they're doing right mm-hmm. but my logic behind why I don't like something that they're doing. It's not even that, like, I'm like, it's the, the thing that kills me is you cannot like something somebody's doing, mm-hmm. right? But just because you don't like it doesn't make it wrong, yeah, right? And I think a lot of people have gotten into this headspace of when I don't like something, that means it's incorrect in some way, yeah. right? So it'd be a different story to say, like, like, like a lot of them are like, let's take the bonker, for example, right? They'll say the bonker is so terrible and it makes everything worse and this and that, which is not true, right? Mm-hmm. It's a tool that obviously works. Now, we could have the conversation of, is it maybe an overcorrection for some dogs? Sure. But does that still mean that it was wrong? No. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Yeah. Right? So I don't know, man. It's just been, it's just been funny as I like watch all this kind of stuff. Like and this is the hard thing about like, you know, when you start getting into these like levels of like social media fame. It's just like you got to be real oh, yeah. careful with some of the shit that you say because it's like you you could so if you get into this boat where you start weaponizing and like like going after certain people, right? You real quick, quickly can start looking like a hypocrite with stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. Especially if you're against the bunker and then you say Gary's the greatest. I was cracking up at that. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't saying he was the greatest, obviously, yeah, but, but like just like, oh, there's just so much you could learn from him. Yeah. And he's not the only one. There's been a lot of people. A lot of people that I've seen posting this article that I look at them. And there's another one in particular. Again, I won't I won't name drop anymore here, but there was another one in particular I saw that reposted it that came after me real hard over fucking nothing one time, mm. right? Came at me real fucking hard over a video I posted about correcting a dog with an e-collar or something and talking about how literally how fucking terrible I was over it, uh, right? Okay. And this person's reposting Gary's fucking thing also. <laughs> Like, they wouldn't have, if it was anybody else on the face of the planet, like, tried to repost a video of him fucking bonking a dog and, like, act like it's yeah. <laughs> the most terrible, abusive thing in the world. <clears throat> you should tag them in, in, in like, a, a TikTok and just have it, like, an old video of Gary just 
bonk. Wild, man. <laughs> Why didn't you share this, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you seem to be being selective over the things that you're uh, putting on your social media channel. Yeah, that's why, like you said, you can't believe everything on yeah. socials. All this to, to go, yeah, just don't believe everything you see on the internet. No. You know, and if some, and, and again, I'm, I'm kind of piggybacking off what Michelle said, because she, she honestly said this all well. I was going to talk about it, and then she made the post. I was like, wow, you kind of hit every point that I was going to say. So, You're like, dang it. So I was like, god damn it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you're just basically saying, like, if somebody's, like, trying to sell you on some sort of bullshit like that, like, you just got to be able to look at, like, is there actually evidence backing what you're saying? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, is it real life or is it not real life? Yeah. And furthermore, your fucking credentials don't mean shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just another example because everybody has the Karen Pryor credentials. There's, like, oh, yeah. 17 of them that you can go and fucking get off of her school and spend fucking $27 million thousand dollars you know, like over her school. I think her courses are literally like $6,000 a piece, if I'm not mistaken, right? But just know when you're getting those credentials that they're coming from somebody that still needed to use punishment in order to stop the behaviors they didn't like out of their dog. Just know. <laughs> just know. Always do your research. Yep. <clears throat> um... I think that's about it. I think I had one. Yeah, okay. So so we'll just piggyback and continue riding along here on just like things, right? And we'll talk about this comment that I got an hour ago on Instagram. Okay. So we're, we've been posting, going back to social media, right? And, and, and we're trying to make sure this message doesn't get, you know, we need to post the highlights, right? But we also need to make sure we're continuing to educate people on what training is and what training isn't, right? Exactly. So this person commented, if only there were more training facilities like yours to help shelter dogs that are dying every day in California. But listen, I appreciate the support. I don't know who this person is, mm-hmm. but they saw they've been following along with Thor's progress, obviously. And he's making unbelievable strides, right? Like yeah. the dog is doing so freaking good. Little hiccups here and there, nothing major. I feel very confident with this dog. I feel very confident that he's going to continue to progress over the rest of his stay here and that as long as his owner follows our direction, he's going to do fine at home, right? Yep. But unfortunately, this is not how this works, right? Because this comment implies that we are, as we've talked about, fixing dogs, Mm -hmm. right? That if this were a shelter dog, that after he did our training... He would be like how he is for me with everybody. Yeah. It ain't true. Not. It don't work that way. <laughs> Thor is a dog. If Let's say hypothetically Thor finishes his training. He does fine with me. He does good with the staff at the facility, right? Et cetera, et cetera. And I were to take him. Let's say he was a shelter dog. And I were to give him to, to you, Josh. Right. Oh and let's say you didn't know anything about dog training. Yeah. You didn't know how to use an e-collar. You didn't know how to reward a dog for anything. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd give him to you. You would get bit within three hours. Probably. You know, like literally, <laughs> like you would get bit within three hours yeah. and you would return him immediately yeah. to me and then you would have to be put down. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Right? Didn't right? work out. So, so, so here's the thing, right? So I say this because training doesn't fix dogs. I'm going to say this in every fucking podcast episode. This is okay. going to be like my motto. We close <laughs> the episodes out with, right? Training doesn't <clears throat> fix dogs. Training teaches you how to understand the dog that you have and establish the communication to provide what the dog needs to be successful. Yes. That is what training is, right? (laughs) That is what it is. That is what it is. (laughs) 
<clears throat> um, so so thank you so much for the support, commenter. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it wouldn't help that situation, yeah. right? <clears throat> which leads to the last conversation here, which I've been meaning to make a video about this, but I haven't, right? Okay. Uh, I haven't yet just because I keep forgetting, I think, right? <laughs> so, so obviously, when working with aggressive dogs, the conversation comes up from time to time of this dog is too much for me and I can't keep this dog, right? Mm. I don't want the responsibility of it. causes me too much stress. It's too much work, whatever, right? Okay. Whatever the reasons are. And everybody goes, I'm going to rehome the dog. Mm-hmm. To which I always tell everybody, you cannot rehome a dog with aggression issues. When I say you cannot, you, you can physically do it. Yeah. But under 99.9% of circumstances, it will not go well. Somebody will get yeah. hurt, and the dog will just get put down anyways, mm-hmm. right? So let me put this into perspective for you guys when it comes to rehoming aggressive dogs. And this is why when shelters contact me and have dogs that have bite records that aren't like blatantly stupid things that somebody did that resulted in it, like actual mm-hmm. just the dog bit you over something that they probably should not have bit you over, mm-hmm. right? When people, when shelters contact me about that, I tell them, I can't help you. I can't. It's mm-hmm. not ethically safe to do so. Or I should say, yeah. it's not ethically responsible, nor is it safe to do so, right? Mm. And there's liability on that. You're rehoming dogs that are bites, right? Yeah. That, that are bite risks, Exactly. Right? So so here, here's, here's how I put it in perspective for people, right? And this is going to be short and sweet to the point. So what you're saying when you say that, right? And this is going to sound maybe a little harsh, but it's gonna it's it's just the way it is, right? Are you trying to make sure I'm still in the frame? Yeah. I'm just getting a little too comfortable over here. All right, all right, there we go. A little bit better. <laughs> what you're saying is you're saying, I love this dog mm-hmm. because you've most of these people have had this dog for years. Yeah, right. I love this dog. It's a member of my family. They're probably very sweet to you 75% of the time. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I really really care about this dog, but. This dog is too difficult for me. I cannot control this dog, and it's too safe to override how much I love this dog. Yeah. Or it's too unsafe Very to override unsafe, yeah. how much I love this dog, mm-hmm. right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give this dog to somebody that does not love this dog at all. <laughs> Frankly, they want to love the dog, yeah. but they have no relationship with the dog. No, It's some random dog coming into their house mm-hmm. that they're still not going to be able to control. That is now going to be in a really stressful situation because it's a total change, which is going to amplify their aggressive behaviors mm-hmm. and is still going to be too unsafe. And now it's definitely going to be too unsafe for this person to be able to safely have. Yeah. Which is going to result in that person just putting that dog down themselves. Mm-hmm. You're just passing off that You're guilt. passing off the responsibility and the guilt and... You're having somebody that doesn't even know the dog be the one to do that. Mm-hmm. I know if I were in that situation, I know for a fact that I would want to be the one. If I love and care about that dog, I would want to be the one that does that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's really hard, yep. I would want to be the one that makes that decision and does that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to pass that off on to somebody else. Yep. Right? Especially knowing the probability of it happening if I try to rehome the dog is so high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so again, that's kind of the harsh reality of 
put you have to look at it from that perspective. That is what rehoming a dog with aggression issues is. That is that is that is the breakdown of what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It sucks because I actually had a friend that just did this bullshit. Mm. Uh, the rehome you're talking? Yeah. yeah. He um, moved in with his fiance, and uh, the dog didn't like her. I don't know what the situation was, but he bit her. And so he was like, oh, I have to rehome. Yeah. I don't remember what it, the dog's name is even. But... Uh, yeah, I got to rehome him. And he put this whole thing on Facebook. And Devin and I just looked at each other and like, what are you doing, man? Like, mm-hmm. he didn't even try to get training or anything. He was just like, oh, I have to get rid of it because she wants yeah. me to get rid of him. But I'm just like, well, if he's uncomfortable with new people and you're about to rehome him with people he has no idea. And I guess he did it. And I don't know how it went. But yeah. obviously, yeah, you, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, listen, like, like I've had clients that I had that conversation with that still chose to rehome the dog. <clears throat> and shockingly, it went fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm not saying it's impossible. No. Right? Like, if you got a dog that's really aggressive and you give it to me, right? Like, it's probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, the chances of that happening are so minimal. Mm-hmm. So minimal. I, would, I just wouldn't want to risk it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I really wouldn't want to risk it. And then mm-hmm. most people are just not looking for a project. When you go and adopt a dog, you're not looking for a project. Yeah. You're I want looking the most for a dog you can just fucking enjoy and not have to worry about shit yeah. with. No. I want that aggressive dog that I'm going to have to worry about 24-7. Yeah. You know, no one says that. So, I don't know. We all want, we all want the lassies, you know. We all want the lassies. What's the, what's the other one? The, the other dog movie everyone likes. Come on. Old Yeller. Beethoven? Oh, Beethoven. That's Old a good Yeller? one. Old Yeller? Old Yeller, yeah. Oh, wait. I guess. A dog's. Never no, mind. What, what was the, the Homeward Bound? Yeah, Homeward Bound. There you go. Because I was going to say Old Yeller, uh, I think, ended up in tragedy, right? He got ra- rabies and they had to go out and yeah. <laughs> give him the I think you're right. Uh, yeah, maybe not old yeller. <laughs> oh, and last update, actually, I'll oh. give everybody right. All right so, so our uh, fighting brothers that went home, mm. um, our fighting brothers that went home, Ace and Arlo, we posted a lot of videos and stuff of them crushing it. They went home. Uh, uh, when did they go home? Four days ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Been touching base with the owner. I talked to her a little bit this morning. They're doing phenomenal. Let's go. We had such a good send home lesson with those two dogs. Yeah, and. Um, it was a cool sent home lesson. That was one of the ones I, I went and kind of assisted Seamus with it because I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure this lady got everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that he couldn't have done it, but, you know, just yeah. tag team it, you know, make mm-hmm. sure they get all the info. And and it's cool because, like, in those type of send homes, you know, it was neat and it was cool for me to be able to kind of show Seamus, you know, how I would handle something like that because mm-hmm. we just went totally off the rails of what we normally do in a send home lesson. Mm-hmm. It was really like, like, and I took the dogs to the house because I wanted to see how they were in the home environment, work through any nonsense we might have saw there and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we just kind of only focused on the things we needed to. We didn't spend all this time in obedience commands and stuff. We focused on just having the dogs chill in the house and setting boundaries and talking about structure and routines and going for a walk and mm-hmm. um, working doorway drills of the doorbell ringing and stuff because that was a big trigger for them. And, and it's it's just it was just a great lesson and i feel like the owners were really able to take in everything mm-hmm. and they've taken the reins and, and ran with it so far and things have gone super well so hell yeah so that's been tight let's go yeah i'm glad because it was pretty 
It was getting pretty crazy for those two dogs, right? Yeah, I mean, they really weren't that bad. Like, yeah. we talked about it, obviously. Like, yeah. Everything was centered around very predictable things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're two big, strong dogs, man. And yeah. they got in two pretty gnarly fights with each other. Yeah. So. That's just, you can't have it. Yeah. Can't awesome. have it. Can't have it. So that's it. That's what we got on today's news. I think we're going to have a guest next week. Ooh. I think we're going to have a guest next week. So like you guys will get that. to hear somebody else fucking talking aside from me. <laughs> And then we'll, uh, we'll keep the ball rolling from there. All right. I love it. Yeah. Sounds good to me. On to the next. Yep. Have a good one.